0: Welcome back, everybody, for the second episode of Z-Rich Let's Talk. I've got Caleb James here with me today. Uh, just so you know, Caleb James has had his own. Uh, he's got his own podcast. It's called The James Gang. Tune in and listen to that on Spotify, uh, Apple, find it everywhere. Anchor, Anchor, whatever. find it everywhere you can. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, NFL free agency and some of the stuff that's happened here just in the last day or so Uh it's been pretty interesting going on a lot of a lot of big moves and a lot of interesting moves.
1: There's been uh since we did on my podcast on Monday for those of you that listened to it, we went through and we went through some of the moves that have been made. But since that time, there's been a lot more transpiring, and I think that the obviously the biggest thing that actually happened late that night, the next morning after this week, is that uh Tom Brady. Is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And I didn't think, and even in my wildest dreams, I would ever see him in any other uniform other than that Navy Patriots uniform.
0: Oh, uh, no. On uh, talking, we talked the other day and we were doing this. And I, I said the same thing. I was like, I don't see Tom Brady playing for anybody else. And then bang, comes out that night and he signs the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm like, you got to
1: be kidding well, me. Well, he man. said the next day, well, I thought it was weird because we wake up the next day. Or whatever it is. And he's got on his Twitter talking about, thank you, New England, but I can't, I'm not going to be a part of the organization here anymore. And then it seems like I think Adam Schefter broke it. Colin Cowherd had been talking about it on the air. Like the sources were all thinking he was going to go to Tampa. And then when it actually happened, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world right now. But I think that Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay definitely. Sent some shockwaves around the
0: sports world, considering most everything's at a standstill right now. Oh, for sure, definitely made things interesting. And then, um, with the Buccaneers picking up Tom Brady, the question is, what happens to Jameis Winston now?
1: Um, well, they didn't. Jameis has left. He's gone now. Obviously, it's pure I mean, and it appeared that Bruce Arians, the head coach there, who's running the show, and it appears that their management. They're not really in a let's wait to win and let's keep trying to develop Winston. They wanted to get a proven and established winner. They have a roster to be able to compete very nicely. When you look at some of the weapons they have on their team with um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and then on defense, they've franchised to have Shaquille Barrett. Shaquille Barrett has said he'll already be back. He led the league in sacks. And if you kind of look at that lineup and if you kind of look at that crew, and if they'll be able to build through the draft, this could be a team that I could see easily going out and winning something around ten games this year, if easily, because they could have made the 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 Buccaneers lost a lot of close games this year, and they lost a lot of close games because James Winston was throwing, just making bad decisions with his throwing, and. Like I just said, they're not in win-later mode. They're in win-now mode, and I think that that's been more apparent than ever before since now that they've gone out and got the best winner in the history of all time, in the history of football.
0: It's funny. I'm on Twitter looking at everything about Tom Brady, and I've seen people try to say don't get too excited for getting maybe the fifth best player to ever play the game. To -hmm. call Tom Brady maybe the fifth best quarterback to play the game is pure disrespect.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've grown up a Chiefs fan my entire life. I've been watching Brady beat the Chiefs for a while, but you have to recognize greatness when you see it. Now, I know that when you go to look at the things that he accomplished in New England, yes, it was mostly a team thing. He did, they won a lot of team games while they were there, but don't get me wrong, he's still a great player. He's still going to be considered the best of all time for the foreseeable future
0: no doubt. So, uh, staying on the topic with the Buccaneers, um, this is more—it's uh, more on the outside, pers- like an outside part of the football stand from the football standpoint. But uh, Chris Godwin, who's the receiver for the Bucs, mm-hmm. wears number twelve, and he came out with a tweet and and said that I mean, yeah, his number means a lot to him and everything. Yeah, but out of respect for Brady, he's gonna let Brady. Yeah, rock it. he'll let he'll let Brady right. take if he wants it now. Right um I, I love to hear that and everything but at what point is it just like hey it's not about what number you're wearing it's about winning ball games you know i've, I've seen a lot of people and read a lot of stuff people saying brady should just grow up and say hey i don't care about what jersey number i'm wearing let's just go out and win some football games let's make it let's win a super bowl
1: well i don't think it would have been that big of a deal it might just be making something out of nothing but if they want to go out and win football games, he's definitely there. They're definitely going to find out whether they've put together the roster to be able to do that or not. Bruce Arians has had a lot of success. He re- completely re- revived Carson Palmer's career and his time in the desert in Arizona with a very similar roster build up. Good athletic wide receivers, good defense with solid pass rush. They're building to win now. There's no and all these guys on the buccaneers are getting to the point in their careers where either their contract's going to be up soon and they might not be around much longer or they're getting older and now they've got Tom Brady father time he's still some he's probably on borrowed more borrowed time now than anyone to ever play the game but we're going to find out if they have the roster built for success i think given the makeup of the division they play in the nfc south you got the saints are going to be at the top we'll get to the saints here in just a second the Saints are going to be at the top. Carolina looks like they're in full rebuild mode. And Atlanta is kind of in a state of 7 and 9 8 and 8 purgatory. I think based on the rest of the makeup of the NFC rosters that uh this is a team that can make the playoffs and I think they'll be even be able to make a run and make a run at the Saints for the NFC South this year.
0: And I think that right there will just come to show you if this team is able to make the playoffs, make a make a playoff run, not only make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, this just come to show how great Tom Brady truly is. Like this is going to be a real test. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of haters out there saying Tom Brady's going to get exposed as a system quarterback, but it's Tom Brady. I think no matter where he goes, he will make any of his players And Bruce good. Bruce Arians is such a fantastic quarterback coach. Every
1: quarterback Bruce Arians has ever come into contact with. Has found success in his offense, in his systems. Andrew Luck in his time in Indianapolis. Uh, ben Roethlisberger when he was the OC for the Steelers and whatnot. I mean, it's just uh it's just one of those things. Now, and Carson Palmer's revitalization. We're, I mean, Arians is going to be able to help find a way to. Make sure that Brady gets the help he needs, get the protection he needs. And at the end of the day, he has a very good decision maker who with a lot of experience back there.
0: It's gonna be a good year. I think I think it's gonna be a good year for the Bucs. It's gonna be something different for him.
1: Um I was gonna
0: say, uh, what do you think Jameis is gonna end up? It's kind of as interesting, you know. Um right now, it's just he's just kind of out there for grabs. I know there's I know there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. A lot of people are saying –
1: I feel like the money he's going to want is not going to be worth it based on the amount of interceptions he's thrown. Yeah. Because, I mean, look around at the kind of talent he had around him in Tampa. He had a lot of really good players around him. He still struggled to make the right decision. He was pulling more Brett Favre than – he's definitely more on the Brett Favre spectrum of things than the Aaron Rodgers spectrum of things.
0: See, I've seen some stuff, of course, with – We'll talk about it a little earlier, but with the with the move quarterback move in uh, San Diego or Los Angeles with the Chargers, yeah, um, they have a quarterback spot that's open, and there's been a lot of talk about Jameis going there, or Cam Newton going there. Uh,
1: I've seen a lot of that. I mean, with Cam, his health is such a question right now, because. He's not going to be able to be in the same super cam from five years ago. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not definitely gonna,
0: not that same quarterback.
1: He's not going to have the same level of athleticism he does. He's not going to be able to utilize his legs. And frankly, if his arm isn't even ha- if his arm doesn't get back to what it was, if he can't heal, he's really he's going to have a real struggle to find somewhere to play. Because I mean, it was his physical attributes that made him the MVP in two thousand and fifteen and led him to a Super Bowl. Now. Hopefully that hopefully he gets picked up by somebody. I thought he was going to end up in Chicago, but the Bears decided they wanted Nick Foles, Mister Long John. Nick Foles is in the is in Chicago now, so it looks like they're ready to come up on Trubisky up there.
0: Yeah, I think Trubisky's time is about over with. I think they've seen enough of that. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't know if you can call that football those, uh, the way he's playing. <laughs> those
1: the. The Bears are poor decision-makers. It was a poor decision to draft Mitch Trubisky when you had in the draft behind him proven winner in Deshaun Watson and a proven starter who started more than just one season of college football in Patrick Mahomes, passed on two of the most electric quarterbacks in the NFL right now to take Mitch Trubisky. Well, you can see that definitely. Uh, it, it does, does not out pan out. <laughs> <laughs> they've got. They've been to the playoffs once, and they lost to Nick Foles of all people. So,
0: I don't even really think Nick Foles going to the Bears. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll help him out a little bit, but I don't think I don't think it'll be make that much of a difference. It's
1: all his connection with the Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Nick Foles was Alex Smith's backup. Um, he played in a few games when Alex had gotten banged up he played in a few games for the chiefs a couple seasons ago. This is when Matt Nagy, the bears head coach was the chiefs offensive coordinator. So they have that connection, that chemistry, Matt Nagy, 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 I think, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. He obviously he's not there in win now mode. Also. I mean, Khalil Mack's on a massive contract. They, they just need to have a, someone to play quarterback. Their defense is still good. They just have to be able to put up more than 10 points a game. And, they can't be having a quarterback out there throwing ten for twenty five for like a buck fifty with two interceptions. That's not
0: you're feasible. You are not, not going to win that way. You know, your quarterback's putting up numbers like that. Unless you have a diesel at running back, you are not going to win many games. You yeah. know, and and the Bears obviously do it's not. It's a classic have a
1: Blake Bortles that. situation. Yeah. classic Blake Bortles situation.
0: So um, another big deal that happened. Um, was uh, Melvin Gordon signing in the division, leaving leaving the Chargers and going uh signing with the Denver Broncos on a two year sixteen million dollar deal with thirteen and a half guaranteed. Um what do you think about that move there? Uh, especially uh kind of talking with the Chargers roll just adding this in real quick. It well, seems like the Chargers are going in with the whole with the whole rebuilding because not only this they just lose Melvin Gordon but they also just lost Phil Rivers. Rivers. So, I mean, what do you think What's well, going on there?
1: I know that there's a lot of teams who aren't willing to spend big money on running backs and via free agency. they just much rather grab. The Chargers have added some pieces, so I'm intrigued. They've let the core strengths of their offense go to help bolster other areas of their roster. So I think that this will be – a very classic example of there. I think they're going to draft a running back. I think they're going to, I think they're going to draft a quarterback early, whether it ends up being Justin Herbert. I think that could be a very likely landing spot for him or maybe another name, someone under the radar, but it's intriguing to see the shakings of, of the AFC West as a conference right now, because the Broncos go out and now they're having, we're going to have a one, two punch with Melvin Gordon and, uh, Who am I thinking of? Their other running back. Oh, Lindsey? Philip. yes, Philip Lindsey. They're going to have a one-two punch with him. They've got Drew Locke, and the jury's still out on him. We are not growing up playing against him and whatnot in high school and watching him play at Mizzou. I've never really been convinced he's a good big-game quarterback, but he does have the athletic skill and the – accuracy to be a quality starter in the NFL. I think that's probably about where he shakes out at is that quality starter. But the Broncos are trying to build up their roster a little bit because the Chiefs are obviously who they're going to have to face twice a year. And the only way they're going to do it is to make some moves. But there's one team in the AFC West, none of us know what's going on about. And I'll let you explain us to us about this team in the AFC West that none of us know what's going on with right now because – well, they don't make any
0: sense, and they've never made any sense because they're the Raiders. And that's what they do. <laughs> Man, the Raiders. I. I think it's time. I think it's time for uh, us. Me being a Raiders fan, I think it's time for us to start the rebuilding process. You know, I think. I think it's time to part ways with Derek Carr. Uh, he's a heck of a quarterback, but, I mean, just these last few years, he uh, ever since he got hurt he hadn't been the same. So I, I mean, I think it's time to go a different direction, the quarterback. i um, not sure who yet, you know, whether it's somebody we draft or somebody we can pick up, but I got to have, I think we got to try something different. And then um, I think last year would have been big time if we could have had Antonio Brown with us. And uh, I was really excited about that when he had signed, when he signed with the Raiders. And of course, he does Antonio Brown type things and
1: he does Antonio Brown type activities. He does things that don't make any sense. He says things that don't make any sense. And the dude just, his head wasn't in playing this year. He just wasn't making any sense. And he kind of, kind of, he pretty much did screw them based on having any real downfield threat for receiver this year. Oh yeah.
0: They had no, they had no deep threat this year. I mean, it was, uh, a lot of a lot of short game and everything, which is nothing wrong. with a that. A lot but. of
1: ground and pound with Josh Jacobs, oh, yeah. but that can only get you so far in the NFL today.
0: You're an NFL team. I mean, you see the Titans try to do it. You see the Titans yeah. do it with Derek mm-hmm. Henry in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you had Ryan Tannehill throw for, I mean, under 100 yards or just over 100 just yards,
1: a, yeah, two times before they got to the AFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, Man. and it worked right. out
0: worked out perfect for him, but they just.
1: I, I don't understand what goes on in Oakland. They have like they've signed like nine tight ends this off season. It seems like it <laughs> seems like they're just getting ready to be in Vegas out there. And I really can't figure out what they're trying to accomplish.
0: I don't think I like to move to Vegas. You know, Oakland's got that that culture, that, that bad boy, a bad boy culture yeah. out there. You know, and it's gonna be weird. Seeing him in Las Vegas. Vegas like, doesn't have a
1: bad boy culture anymore. Vegas isn't. Vegas used to have that, but now it's more of a tourist place than anything. Yeah, everybody
0: goes there to gamble and and see all the different attractions and all this and strip
1: clubs and all <laughs> kinds of stuff in Las Vegas. I don't gamble like it. Party. I, I I'm definitely gonna go watch the Chiefs play there in Vegas though. I will definitely be a. Be at one of those games at some point in my life. Go to a casino or a resort down there all day and then stay. Hey, you let
0: me know when you go down there, and I will happily bring Jesus. me and my Raiders fan club. That's probably be just me. and I'll bring my little Raiders fan club with come, me my Raiders hey, gear. And, you
1: can come hang out with all of the Chiefs fans. <laughs> be there. I will guarantee you this. The first time the Chiefs play the Raiders in Las Vegas, there will be more Chiefs fans there than Raiders fans. Oh, no doubt. I Chiefs guarantee- fans –
0: Chiefs I'm fans are the greatest. Chiefs fans, Chiefs fans have got to be some of the greatest fans in the NFL. Um, watching the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I understand the Super Bowl's in Miami a little closer to KC than it is for uh, San Francisco and the 49ers yeah. fans, but mm-hmm. you would think that there would be there still be a large fan group with the 49ers, man. Um I was watching some stuff and watched some highlights of the game and just the, uh, the whole Super Bowl and The National Anthem, you know, they come through. And the home of the – you just hear the roar cheese, you know. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things I've seen. I've never – I don't think I've ever experienced that watching a Super Bowl is having that large a fan club. You looked out in the fan. You looked out out in the stadium.
1: Yeah. It's a sea of red, sea of yellow, you know. There's – there's a lot of people that have been waiting their entire lives to see something like that. Nothing was going to stand in their way. Thank God it all happened before this coronavirus.
0: Oh, that would have before been the uh,
1: coronavirus. Could, ever, you,
0: could you imagine that? Now. The coronavirus comes around right when the Chiefs have a chance but, to win a Super
1: Bowl. Well, yeah. Not only able to think about it, <laughs> hey,
0: everybody's
1: they, on lockdown and shout out to a Logboat Brewing Company, Anheuser-Busch, <laughs> and all that stuff because they're keeping people occupied. We're sitting here and a small town, I and mean, we're sitting here in small town America right now, and it's just life as usual.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad. I know we're kind. Of, I know right now we're kind of going a little, a little bit everywhere with know free agency, but it's just. I mean, with the sports world being shut down, there's nothing. There's going nothing on. to talk about. And the big things being talked about is the coronavirus. I wanted so. to
1: start talking about baseball and playoff basketball and March Madness, and the only things that are going on is I've subscribed to Adam Schefter's Twitter. So now <laughs> whenever he says something, I have to go look at it immediately just to entertain myself.
0: You mentioned baseball. We can go, out, we're gonna go off track here a little bit. We'll come okay. back. Well, before I get off track real quick. Uh, can I say to, one
1: thing real quick? Oh, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. The Colts are stupid. Phillip Rivers sucks. Bad decision. They should have just drafted a quarterback. Or they should have tried to get somebody else because Phillip Rivers for one year and twenty five million dollars, unless they're gonna draft somebody and use him as a mentor type role. I don't know what they're thinking on that.
0: Every time I see Phillip Rivers throw a ball down the field, it looks like he's playing the game five hundred and he's or what is it called five hundred? Pickle ball.
1: I don't or know. Or
0: no. I know, you know five hundred. I know what you're yeah. talking about. It looks like he's just chucking that thing up there and just praying to God that somebody makes a play on it. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I'm really
1: going to miss him being the guy in the AFC West that uh, throws the Chiefs a bunch of interceptions every year. There's always one that throws the Chiefs a lot of interceptions for the last few seasons. It's been (laughs) Philip. I think I have an idea of who's going to be the new throw us a bunch of interceptions every year. He started it this year. Mr. Carr threw four interceptions versus the Chiefs this season.
0: I don't want to talk about it. Hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully we can change that up a little bit this year. But uh, real quick, we're, we're talking about uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And before I, before I get on the baseball subject, I'm a big baseball guy, of course. Yeah. I love some baseball. I love my Astros. I'm not. I, I hate, hate the Astros. The Astros. But uh, Melvin Gordon, last year uh, a lot of people were saying this is the worst financial decision that they've seen in such a long time. So – For Gordon? For Melvin Gordon. Well, we'll check this out. So – Last offseason, the Chargers offered Gordon a five-year, $50 million deal that would have been $35 million guaranteed. Um, of course, he sat out of camp.
1: He obviously learned nothing from Le'Veon Bell.
0: Exactly. He sat out of camp. He missed five games. He was fined $100,000, plus he missed out on $2 million in salary. And then now he gets this two-year deal for $13 million guaranteed. So he essentially lost out on $24 million. Um I really don't know how you can pass up on a deal like that you a five. You learn
1: nothing from the late the Le'Veon Bell situation should have been a wake-up call to all the running backs. You're not these running backs, they have such a short lifespan. I you can't blame them for going out and trying to get as much money as they can. But when you have amount of money like $55 million on the table, you gotta have, have the sense and you gotta have the like the agent and the people around you to realize. This might be your best option because, yeah. I mean, what what happened with Le'Veon Bell? He turned down a bigger contract in Pittsburgh to sit out for a year and eventually take less money to go play for the Jets. The Jets. The not, Jets. Not a
0: team that's going to be a championship a contender. Computer, no. Yeah, you're not good, You're not a championship contender. You're with the New York Jets. I you think set Sam out year. I think Sam Darnold
1: will end up being better than people think he will. But
0: I think Sam Darnold's a dude.
1: Adam Gase is a clown. Yeah, certified clown. He had one. He was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator for one season and he's been riding that for the last <laughs> what is it? He's been riding that for the last seven years into two head coaching jobs. So good for him, I guess. But
0: I know you, you talked about Sam Darnold a little bit. Sam Darnold, I think you put him in any other system any system, almost any other system, and he's gonna be like he's the type of quarterback you want as a franchise quarterback. I really
1: like the way he – I really thought he developed pretty good, honestly, throughout the course of the season.
0: I thought he – I had a lot of questions um, early on in his career, uh, his rookie season, but he really came out and he I mean, he played well and he proved himself to be a mm, good – The Jets are such a disorganized,
1: dysfunctional mess. They have terrible offensive line. Their defense does what it can. Shout out Greg Williams. <laughs> Dog for life. But Heck yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Let's get to this baseball talk, though. I haven't talked about baseball in forever. Oh,
0: baseball. My boys, the Houston Astros. What in the world were they thinking with this whole trash can banging scandal? Um what what is what is that? Man, what is that? Well,
1: it's stupid, is what it is. It's really stupid, but it's the goofiest. It's the goofiest combination of technology and caveman tactics I've ever seen. This is a team in the 21st century that was using cameras to steal signs, and the only way they could think to get these signs get these signs in was to beg on a trash can. There wasn't any other way. Yeah, that. And I don't know a ton about baseball. I'm not a big baseball. Fan. I'm a fan of baseball. I enjoy watching it. I understand that stealing signs is a part of the game. That was just foolishness.
0: Well, here's my thing: is me being an Astros fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was disappointing to hear hear about the scandal. Um, but even though I'm an Astros fan, and I feel like the punishment wasn't anything. You know, you you have a guy like Pete Rose who was banned from baseball for betting on his team to win. It wasn't like he was betting against his team. He wasn't throwing games for his team to lose, so he won money. He bet on his team to win games, and he is banned from the, baseball, can't be inducted to the Hall of Fame. The Astros go out and do something like this. They got no punishment. Well, no, here's, here's the thing. You lose your manager and you lose your GM, but really, your what do they core do? Your
1: team is still intact. I mean, They still have Correa and Altuve and all those guys in the club. The thing is, though, while the MLB didn't hand them out and down any punishment, where they're going to see punishment is going to be from, number one, the other players in Major League Baseball, specifically pitchers from other teams. Because <laughs> if we if the little thing we saw, the little brief instances in spring training or anything, this is, whenever baseball resumes, this is not going to be a pretty season for the Astros. Not at all. Also. But what I think is going to punish them the most is the way that the fans of baseball around this country are going to have to react to this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you know, and baseball um, baseball kind of polices itself. You mentioned the pitchers and players. Baseball polices itself. So regardless of if the league did anything about this or not, the players, other players in the league, they're going to take care of it. They're going to make sure that the Astros are punished in some type of way, whether it's uh, – not where it's going to be. This It's going to be getting hit by pitches. You know, uh, Vegas, they're going to
1: they're gonna get there's going to be some people getting their retribution.
0: Well, oh, yeah, the Vegas Vegas has, uh, you know, Vegas big bet place. Right. They placed 85, um, 85 hit by pitches by or for the Astros this year. And they got higher. I mean, you're taking the higher low on that. I've got to take the high. I've got to take the low. That's low ball. They're going to get hit more than 85 times in the season.
1: There's going to be, it's going to, this was about to be the most exciting year of baseball we've had in recent memory.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, and the the crazy thing, too, is, you know, when you have a situation like this, you have a pitcher that's intentionally throwing at a batter, nine times out of 10, that pitcher is going to be ejected without question. But now, if if you're the MLB, you decide, if you're the MLB and you decide to eject a pitcher for hitting somebody who cheated and they didn't get any punishment, that makes the MLB look terrible.
1: The MLB is a clown show right now. This the reason they didn't kick out guys like Altuve and Correa and all those guys, even for one season, is just because while the Astros did use their cheating to their advantage, there's still no denying they're a very talented ball club.
0: They're very really talented. And ball
1: club. Houston has a massive population. They've made a lot of money for not only Houston but major league baseball the last few years. I mean what was uh 2017? They considered what was it? Game two or game three considered what that series was considered the greatest baseball game of all time. The extra inning, yeah, just a score fest back and forth action, home runs, clutch hitting after clutch hitting from both them and the Dodgers. And that's just
0: something else that's been tainted by that list now. It looks bad. Uh, it, it really looks bad for the Astros, but uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in uh, just a few minutes. Welcome back everybody. This is Zach Richson alongside Caleb James on Z Rich Let's Talk. Um uh prior to the commercial break, to the, the quick break, I to call a commercial break. I don't know. What I'm talking about they we don't have commercials. You don't have,
1: you don't make enough no one's listening. Yeah, hey, I'm getting, not getting any money.
0: I'm getting ready for my job, right? I'm trying to try to get rid of my job, talk about commercial breaks and all that stuff. I end up on get ESPN ready. someday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before our break, we we're talking a little bit about the Houston Astros and that situation. And their little cheating scandal. Um, something for me. Uh, we talked about. I, I told you, big Astros fan. Um, it's happy they won the World Series, and then this came out, and it's like, does it really count? I mean, I still wore my Astros jersey on spring break and let everybody know I got a I got a World Series the Astros jersey. I wore it out, really? make sure everybody looked at yeah. that championship patch. <clears throat> you know, but um, spring training, they had a press conference. And Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and um, I guess it was I mean, the GM was a wasn't the GM I guess he got the owner. Fired. It was the owner of the team. The they owner. They gave a had a little press conference.
1: That press conference was one of the dumbest PR moves. Oh man, I have ever seen a professional. They went up there, took no responsibility. Said that the cheating may have not helped them, and then they said it may have helped them. It was just they talked in circles. But the biggest thing to take away from that is they took no responsibility for what they did.
0: Oh, they took zero responsibility. Uh, listening to Alex Bregman talk, I mean, of course you have Jose Altuve, who he's he's not he's not American, but um, Alex Bregman, his him reading off of the teleprompter, he would read it and. Like real choppy. He say he'd be like, uh, "I apologize for the actions of myself and my team." And I'm like, "Like, dude, you're just reading this. Like, you you don't mean this. You're just saying this because somebody told you that you needed to apologize for this. It wasn't. I don't think it was a heartfelt uh, apology. I don't think it was meaningful. I think that was just to try to clear their name up a little bit and kind of get them off the hook, which is definitely not going to get them off the hook at all." They're gonna be they're still gonna be looked at by MLB players and MLB fans as the cheaters.
1: If they would have just come out and said, We're sorry, we knew what we did, we know what we did was wrong, we'll maybe we'll have self-imposed punishment for our players, this could have gone a lot better. But they went out and did the exact opposite of that, and now it's devolved into a national shenanigan. This is one thing I'll say about the Astros and all that. When it comes time for guys like Altuve and Cray and Bregman to maybe be up on Hall of Fame ballots, I'll even go as far to say Justin Verlander now or some bona fide all-star players like that. When it comes time to get their name on a Hall of Fame ballot, we'll have to we're gonna take a very close look at what the Writers Association and all those guys think about that. Well, that's definitely how they decide be- to weigh this. Because as we've seen with guys Famous cheaters in the past. Pete Rose more or less gambled on his own team, broke the rules. They kind of screwed him a little bit. I'm talking. We still have guys like Barry Bonds, Mark Wieters, known steroid abusers. Not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, never will be. Never will. If be,
0: you don't ever. get in the Hall of Fame if those guys don't get in the Hall of Fame for using steroids. I don't see how anybody on this Astros organization can become an All Star because what they did. I mean. Yeah, using steroids, using PEDs—that's that's bad. It's bad for the game. It's just yeah. like the, it's like a, a cardinal rule in baseball that you don't cheat. But the way they cheated using technology, using cameras to steal signs, banging on trash cans, and there's a rumor—I'm still not sure if this is true or not. What's but the with rumor, the, oh, the buzzer, two-way the buzzer. Yeah, that's I, just that's just too much, you know. And and I listen, I, I watch a lot of videos on that and. Uh, Jose Altuve said that he had uh, he said the reason uh, he had to walk off home run to send him to the to the World Series against the Yankees mm-hmm. and uh, immediately after hitting the home run uh, he told his teammates not to rip his jersey off, he'd hold his jersey real tight he ran down to the clubhouse came back out without his uniform on, had a different shirt on and then did the post game interview I mean, you just hit a walk off home run to send your team to the World Series and you don't want to celebrate I mean, it's like can you? Uh, it's like tradition to do
1: that. Can you imagine the reactions, how much worse it would be if they had won the World Series this past season? Oh, man. Thank God for the Washington
0: Nationals. I hate the Nationals. Coming in.
1: <laughs> I was cheering for the Nationals. First off, the Nationals beat the Cardinals. That made me happy because I got to see a lot of sad people from St. Louis for about a week or so. That was, <laughs> that was very, very entertaining for me myself. And I'm also glad whenever a team like the Nationals can win a World Series, I think it's good for baseball when you have an upstart group of guys. This Nationals team this year kind of reminded me of the 2015 Royals who beat the Astros before the Astros started cheating, maybe were the reason the Astros started cheating in general, was this they realized that maybe they weren't quite – they got desperate, I think, to finally win because they were so bad for so long and they built this entire thing up with their goal of winning the world series and they weren't on the same track. They thought they'd be competing to win by 2014 and they were behind to win the world series. They did win in 2017, but it just goes to show you how much these guys will do to win in their sport.
0: It's just crazy. I mean, like you said with, with the nationals, as much as I wanted the Astros to win the world series this past year, it was still cool to see the Nationals win it for the first time in a long time, uh, just like with the Cubs. Yeah, when the Cubs hadn't won the World Series in 108 years. Uh, growing up around, I mean, I grew up I grew up closer to St. Louis than any other city that had a professional baseball team. So, right, um, growing up, and the reason by, the whole reason I became an Astros fan, my sister moved out to Houston. Um, my first time visiting Houston, we got tickets first baseline against the Yankees. Really, I mean, it was just we walked in. Uh, we walked in the stadium mm-hmm. behind and uh, center field, and you walk in, and it's like I don't know. It just looks like it looked like heaven to me as a baseball as a baseball fan, big baseball mm-hmm. player. It looked like heaven walking and seeing that stadium first time I've ever seen it. So I instantly fell in love with the Houston Astros. But um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I lost a lot of respect. Uh, AJ Hinch. Uh huh. His statement, he came out and said that –
1: He put all the blame on the players and the management. The players and management put all the blame on him. There's no
0: accountability in that that organization. I lost a lot of respect for A.J. Hinch when he came out and did that. I mean, he, he tried to come out and say that he didn't know about it. Dude, you're the manager of this organization.
1: You can put your foot down. He didn't put his foot down, so I don't want to hear all this. He had no other options. They weren't going to listen to him. You're the manager of this team. That's your job to make yeah. sure your players are following the rules of the game. Just so don't give us all that.
0: With him, with him trying to say, I, I take it. It wasn't that he said he didn't know about it. It was the fact that he said that he said that he had heard what was going on, but he just didn't do anything about it. Like, come on, man you you're the yeah. you're the leader of the like you're the ultimate leader of this team. Like you're in the dugout, you're at practice, you're at all the game, you're around these players uh-huh. almost twenty four seven. You've got to do something, you know, if you're you're that this gives that gives any team in, in baseball a bad look when you cheat like that. You know, it's just you just don't do that.
1: I mean, and think of the careers they possibly could have changed by shelling pitchers who might have never have gotten a chance to go back up to the major leagues. Or oh, yeah. Even completely changing the course of the 2017 World Series beating the Dodgers.
0: Now I will say with the, with that situation, I uh, like I said, I, I watch watch a lot of videos, read a lot of stuff on this, and and uh, a lot of there's a lot of fans out there talking about how this affected Clayton Kershaw's ERA in the Astros defense. Clayton Kershaw's ERA during the 2017 playoffs it wasn't that great anyway.
1: Well. Know? We all know what Kershaw does come October and September. He starts to shut down. He's he's the freaking – I mean, he's the statistical goat in the regular season. Oh, but that sure. dude severely lacks clutch in big moments also. So there's also that playing into consideration.
0: It's so bad. But uh, let's uh – uh. Let's go back to the NFL for a second, uh-huh. uh, away from the
1: free agent. And after we talk about NFL, I want to go back to what you were saying about that game you went – we'll talk about it in a second. but All I right, think sure. we need to tell some stories about some of the best live sporting events we've ever been to.
0: Yo, that'd be, yeah, that's great. That's great great content right there. So, uh, NFL, I just want to touch on this real quick. Coronavirus, it's shutting down the – not just the United States, it's shutting down Sean the Payton. entire world. Sean Saints Payton. Saints head coach. Got it. First, first NFL, first person in NFL to involved in in the NFL, yeah, Sean Payton, uh, right
1: after his team went out and re-signed their pro-wolf guard, Anders Pete, who the Chiefs were in some competition for, and uh, they also signed Emmanuel Sanders away from San Francisco. They are going to be loaded up. Drew Brees. That that roster right now, the way it's looking, these guys, I think they're getting ready to go all in for one more run in a Super Bowl, as long because I think Drew Brees may only have a couple more years left. It's so they're going all in to make sure they can get back to the Super Bowl.
0: What is Drew Brees? Drew Brees, what forty one or forty two? He's a couple years, a couple years younger than Tom Brady. He's a couple years younger than years. Tom,
1: but he's a couple years younger than Tom Brady. But I don't think, but he's taken a little bit more physical toll. He's forty one. He's had some injury problems the last couple seasons. I think knowing him, he seems like a real family guy. Like when he's done, he's not going to be a guy that has one foot in, one foot out, and he's going to be a guy that when he's done, he's going to try to go be with his family as much as possible. I assume he'll still be a huge key in the New Orleans community and whatnot considering they made him all this money and stuff. We're both sitting here watching these old UFC replays (laughs) on mute also. can be – Wrestling, McGregor got
0: beat. It's bad sports being shut down, but thank God for NFL free agency. Yes, but yeah. I mean, Sean Payton, or we're talking about uh, Drew Brees. My mistake. Drew Brees, though. Uh, you meant you talked about him being a family man. I, I've always loved, I've always loved Drew Brees, and not just as a football player, man. More just him as a person. You he's know? always
1: been someone that you can respect.
0: Oh yeah, he he doesn't go out there. He, he doesn't get in front of the media and try to show off. He doesn't talk a lot of trash. He and I goes think up there and plays People forget in our generation how bad
1: the Saints used to be as a as a franchise for so long, how much just pain and suffering their fans have gone through. And he did win them the Super Bowl in 2009. They knocked off a really good team with the Colts when they had Manning. But it's just – They he's only got so many years left, and then it's gonna be time. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, their backup. They thought he was gonna be the heir apparent. He's left there now. Where'd old Teddy? And we talked about this on Monday. Teddy's at
0: he signed with Carolina. Teddy Teddy went to Carolina. Interesting about Carolina. So they just signed Teddy Bridgewater. Carolina looks like
1: they're trying to do an Andy Reid rehaul, like he did with the Chiefs, and they're gonna bring in a quarterback that's a reliable quarterback. He's not gonna be a world beard, but he's gonna be a good player. And then all of a sudden, overnight, um, they're just going to completely change their franchise. But I think, just based on their roster makeup, I don't think that they have the players in place yet to be able to make a run like they had, like they think they want to try to do. Well, early.
0: one of the one of the big moves that uh, one of the some or one of the big rumors going around is that Christian McCaffrey may be out of Carolina, which will be um, well.
1: He's still got time left on his rookie deal,
0: currently. Yeah, he's got time on his rookie deal, but uh, there, there's rumors that there's rumors that he. I mean, they're looking at trading They get
1: a. He would there. I think that if they traded him, that would honestly be what's best for them next, because he's, he's valuable. The, he's valuable, but you got to think of it in the terms of when his next contract comes up, based on how much you use him and all the usage he's had. Are you going to want to pay him this money? Are you going to want to owe him what he's going to be worth or would you rather trade him now and get a haul of picks? They're going to get at least a first round, if not multiple. They're going to get multiple picks back. It's going to be first and seconds, two high picks. People don't understand this by trading away one player, they can improve four or five other positions on their for, on their field, on their club.
0: And that's what That's what somebody like McCaffrey brings is that he's so valuable. If you trade him,
1: his use, the only thing that worries me though is his usage rate is so high. He's, there's only so much longer. He's going to be able, he's going to have to, there's only so much longer that they're going to throw to him and have him run the ball. Yeah. He's going to have to, they're going to have to really, whatever team he ends up on or in Carolina, they're going to have to really be careful. They're not overusing him like that and get some help around him.
0: He he does he does a lot. He he did a lot for the Panthers. I mean, especially last season. Um he's catching. like you said, he's coming out of the backfield, he's catching he's lined up in the slot, he's catching it, he's yeah. running the ball. I think what he does, what he does for him is great. But like you said, how how much longer? I mean, how much can he take? I don't, he's taking yeah. a, he's taking a beating, of course. As much as much as he touched the ball, he's he's getting beat up.
1: I mean, look at Todd. Look at Todd Gurley.
0: Todd Gurley was a workhorse for the Rams,
1: but injuries. Injuries, and that's pretty much – and they gave him that massive, massive contract, and right now it's just looking like their Rams are complete imbeciles. They signed Todd Gurley to that uh, big contract. Now they've let him go, and now they're stuck with an average
0: quarterback, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, that may have been – Jared Goff giving him that that big contract may have been one of the dumbest things the Rams could have done. You pay him all this money um after, the year after they go to yeah. Super Bowl, turns around and didn't. It's it didn't just bad
1: organizational decision making. I mean, you look at Todd Gurley's career, he's been phenomenal, but I think injuries we- are just derailing him and his chances of playing. Further any team that thinks about signing him this offseason is gonna have to really take a look and see. I don't think he'll get anything more than a one or a two year deal now that he's on the market.
0: And I think right now uh, he it looks like he's gonna go with the Falcons. And yeah, that's, like that's you what said, the
1: rumors are saying.
0: And and right now I read, read some stuff and um, a lot of stuff I've been reading has been talking about him signing a one year, one year contract with him, um, which I think one year for a guy like him, signing him to one year deal won't be bad. Just like he said, the injuries that he has, like he's just injury. He's prone. got arthritis in his knees. Yes. Yeah, the dude can't run. He as a running back, but that's
1: that's like we were saying earlier with Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. They got to understand their bodies can only hold up for so long at the rate these teams will work them. When a team offers you fifty million dollars, you can't turn that down because no. you might not get any more. Look at Todd. Todd Gurley should be the perfect example. Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell should be the perfect example to any modern running back about where teams' values lies. Because teams, this isn't the football of the 1990s. The league is changing. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's a passing-driven league. You have to be able to pass the ball to win now. So it's going to be interesting to see where Gurley ends up. I think Personally, he could end up on a team that might be a contender or short of a running back. I think I could see him being a fit in Seattle because they're still – they Seattle had just a slew of running back issues. They had to call Marshawn Lynch out of retirement. <laughs> or, or
0: Marshawn, man. Yeah,
1: all that <laughs> stuff. So, well, it'll be interesting.
0: I'm glad uh, you mentioned Marshawn Lynch. When he signed with Oakland, he came back out of retirement and went to Oakland for his, uh, I guess, official last season. Right. That was probably one of the coolest things I've seen, man. Uh Seeing that guy on the sideline, music playing the stadium, he's just over there shaking it, I mean, jumping around, swinging his dreads around. That dude's just so – he just doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. He was a
1: great thing for the NFL. I watching him um, win the Super Bowl. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, they were loud and they let everybody know about oh, it.
0: Yeah.
1: and I'm he was sure. him and Richard Sherman on the same team. That's some funny stuff right there. That was always good. What uh I guess I ordered a hundred dollars worth of merchandise off the Chiefs website, Pro Shop, <laughs> last night. I just got a notification on my phone about it. I don't remember doing that, so that's good. <laughs> it's never I've good. spent now. Probably over eight hundred dollars on the Chiefs this <laughs> season between two playoff games and Super Bowl things. Now, so yeah, it's
0: it's never good when you wake up and have a charge on your account.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna assume I bought some shirts. I'm gonna take a look. It looks like I bought two hats, or no, I bought one hat and two Super Bowl champion t shirts. So
0: you gotta have that. That's, that's good memory, that like, like you the said. Study. First so, Super Bowl in fifty five years. You gotta gotta ask yourself yeah. to remember. It. And I'll
1: get into that now. What we were talking about, like the greatest sports memories of <clears throat> your like being in a live sporting event. I think mine is definitely a toss up because I've been to now two Chiefs playoff games the last two years, the divisional round where the Chiefs won their first home playoff game in over twenty years, twenty five years. I was at that game. That was a great time. It was snowing. There was snow 10 inches. The Chiefs, we whooped up on the Colts. And then I went to two of the most iconic Chiefs games in recent memory, I think maybe of all time, the comeback versus the Texans this year, down 24 to nothing in the divisional round, coming all the way back to win the game. And I was also at the AFC Championship game. But I also like to throw – I was at the 2015 Game 2 of the World Series – where the Royals defeated the New York Mets seven to two. Johnny Cueto pitched a complete game, one run game, or two run game. He pitched the entire game. He was lights out. Um, it was one day after that sensational game one against the Royals and the Mets, where it went to 14 innings, and Alex Gordon saved the day with the home <laughs> run in the ninth inning to Big tie it run, up. Man. So yeah. What about you though? What's
0: <laughs> one of the best sporting events you've ever been to live? So, for me, um, I've had a lot of experience with baseball and football. I've never been to an NBA game, which is – that's one that's one of my uh, I've been to goals. one
1: NBA game, and it was this past year when I was visiting Colorado. It just so happened that the uh, Denver Nuggets were in town versus okay. the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, we found some cheap tickets and Ubered down to their arena. And I got to say, actually – the the NBA atmosphere is cool. It's a lot more different than a football or a baseball atmosphere. Obviously it's the indoors, but I liked it. They had a lot of cool they do a lot of cool like artificial lighting in the stadiums and stuff. Now I don't think it can compare to like being outdoors and watching a football game or a baseball game like a perfect seventy degree sunny day. Yeah. But it was definitely a cool atmosphere and they have a pretty passionate fan base for the Nuggets in Denver too. So it was a good game to be at.
0: So for me, with my uh, experiences with sporting events, mm-hmm. football-wise, I've uh, I went to a lot of games at the Edward Jones Dome watching the St. Louis Rams. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it, it was. I mean, as bad as the Rams were, the fan base is fantastic. You know, was it
1: fantastic?
0: I mean, they gave the especially. I went. I went to the game uh, in the final the final season in St. Louis. Uh, they played the Cleveland Browns, and yeah, I was a big uh Johnny Johnny Manziel fan big
1: Johnny football oh, huh? Johnny
0: football baby you know and so um it was actually pretty cool my dad surprised me we went downtown went downtown St. Louis and we were just gonna tailgate uh-huh and um it was my dad my mom myself and my sister lives in St. Louis and so uh my dad he, he just kind of played it cool he's like yeah we'll just sit down here we'll tailgate we'll throw some throw some meat on the grill and everything and we're sitting down there grilling and then uh my dad told my mom, I was like, hey, why don't you call, why don't you call uh, Kasi and she can she can uh, come down there and hang out with us and everything. Right, and, right. and so my sister comes down and my mom was like, yeah, we're going to go shop. And my dad's like, all right, yeah, well, well, me and Zach was just sitting here and tailgating. And, and we sat there for probably 15, 20 more minutes. My dad was like, hey, let, let's go down by the stadium and see what's going on. And yeah. I was like, all right, let's go let's see what's going on. So we go down, we we mess around some other tailgates. We see all mm-hmm. the all the uh, activities they got, they got people outside of them for uh, ESPN One Hundred and One broadcast. We sit down there and watch them and everything, and and then uh, my dad's like, "Oh, well, I mean, since we're down here, let's let's go see uh, see what kind of tickets they have." Uh huh. And my dad goes down and he's like, "I've got uh, I ordered I, I got two tickets reserved," and so my dad had two tickets
1: reserved um, for you and them reserved for man. Here we're
0: sitting like like section one twenty four, one twenty five. So we're we're pretty low, but we're we're up high, so we can see the entire uh-huh. field. Yeah, and I mean for that—that that was my—that was the last game in the St. Louis, uh, as, or with the St. Louis Rams playing in St. Louis. Was your dad a big Rams fan? Uh, he, or is he a Raiders fan? He's a—I'll say he's more of a Rams fan. But I think with him, uh, he—he's just more of a guy who he enjoys just, just watching live sports. I yeah, just watch. Yeah, just watch, watch sports. I feel that. Yeah. I will say this: I took him to. This is a this is a pretty funny story. Okay, Uh, this past Thanksgiving break, of course, with us, we were we were on our break for football Uh before that for our bowl game. game. And uh, so I go home, and I see Mizzou. Mizzou has a game uh, against Tennessee. Basketball or football uh, football. football game? Yeah. And so my dad's never he's never been or he had never been to a Mizzou football game before. I've been to one at this point. And um, so I get home, and I'm like, hey. I got tickets. We're going to the Mizzou game on Saturday. He's like, Oh, yeah, sweet. We go down there. I'll say it's probably by the time the sun went down, it's probably, I mean, upper 20s, low 30s. It's mm-hmm. freezing cold, man. It's, it's cold. And-
1: I was watching that game on TV thinking, Who the fuck would actually go to <laughs> something like this? And it was,
0: it was, <laughs> like I said, Thanksgiving break. So,
1: Mizzou Nobody was there. Yeah, Mizzou students, they're gone. Mizzou students don't support the Tigers it's a, at no, all. Not at Everybody all. Everybody that goes there,
0: none of them want to go watch the product that they're putting out. They don't. Out. And so, it's, it's, it happened to be senior day. So, I've got a I've got a buddy, Trey Williams, who was a defensive end of Mizzou. And so, of course, wow. when I go there, I always try to hit him up and, and see what he's doing and everything. But uh, this was last minute. So, we went down there. And I, I messaged him after the game, of course, let me know, like, hey, we're in town and everything. And we came and watched the game all this stuff. But – uh, we're sitting at the game. My dad, he's got on, he's got on his long underwear. He got two. Pretty sure he had two things of long underwear on. He had sweatpants on. He had about two long sleeves on, mm-hmm. a sweatshirt and a jacket on. He got his hat on. He got his hand warmer. He's got his uh, what do you call it? his ear, not ear, ear must, but uh, the you know hunters using yeah, the, the big orange thing. he got. Oh yeah. He's all like he's all ready to go for this cold weather. I come out with my Jordans, some joggers. I got my Bulldog pullover and I got a, my got cold, a Bulldog sweatshirt. I was pretty excited to be there, you know. Like, I was just having – I don't care if you, it's cold. I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself.
1: You think that that was cold? The AFC Championship game this year, the temperature at kickoff I think was 15. Jeez. At Arrowhead. And uh, I know a lot of sports stadiums in a lot of cities, they're more central-based state. – they're more central stadiums or whatever. yeah. I think that the cool part about Arrowhead that makes it the best tailgating experience in the NFL is it's on the outskirts of the city. When you're driving into Arrowhead, you can see the outline of downtown Kansas city yeah. as you're driving in through the surrounding areas. But as you get in, it's just in the one big parking lot and that stimulates the tailgating. And so it's not just a big congested area downtown. I will say this though, being out, I got the game, the chiefs game, it's the championship game started at two o'clock in the afternoon. We were out there by nine o'clock in the morning. The Casey's by my house in blue Springs, Missouri said that they were out of fireball. And we hit up the <laughs> gas station at eight 45 in the morning. They said they were already out of fireball. So we go down there and had an unbelievable day. I was wearing two long sleeve shirts, a big hunting coat, my Patrick Mahomes Jersey. I have my car hearts on and I had my beanie on and I had like an eighth a- $50 pair of sunglasses. There's one, there's some plays that I know I will never forget seeing in person, but when Patrick Mahomes broke the run against Tennessee in that game, his big, the, that crazy run, my sunglasses flew off the top of my head and they flew on the ground. The dude next to me was stepped on them. And it was <laughs> a bad deal that I didn't care.
0: You're just having a good time. Me I was there. The atmosphere, with, I was
1: there with. One of the only other people who, growing up, was always a big Chiefs fan with me, and we used to get made fun of for many years for
0: liking the Chiefs. But
1: it all paid off it in did the all end. Pay off. We didn't get to enjoy it when we were kids, but now we get to enjoy it when we're adults. We
0: were, we were waiting for that in uh, St. Louis, but unfortunately, we were stuck with Jeff Fisher as a head coach. In, Seven and Mister Seven to Nine, <laughs> Eight and Eight. It's guaranteed he's going to go. Seven and nine, eight and eight. No, he's not going to go. He's not going to have a winning season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Kansas City, the Chief. The last time the Chiefs did play
1: in the Edward Jones Dome, I think it was in 2010. I do know there were more Chiefs fans there than Rams fans. Oh, that for
0: day. sure. Chiefs fan, like I said, Chiefs fans travel. They will travel to games to watch their team play. But
1: yeah, I got you. yeah. Oh yeah, I plan on making a trip out to Vegas here in the near future. Cause there's just something about, and I think we're starting to realize that with this missing the sports due to the pretty much the shutdown in the world due to this global pandemic. I just want people to realize that we have to continue to remember all these good times we had at these sporting events and whatnot. Like all this stuff was all of this stuff that we've done, like all some of my great memories and my life have been stuff I was at. And now they just can't make any more memories for a while.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It, it It sucks it has to be like that, but, I mean, it's more important. I guess it is more important to take care of people's safety and everything, and um, it just has to be like that. It's it's bad, but that's the way it is. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.